So it's two empty Diet Coke bottles shimming my mic and then two full of water holding down the base of the lamp. That's some engineering. Perfect. This is safe. I got a Diet Coke bubble that's halfway down. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I need to get it to move one way or the other. So wait, when you're drinking Diet Coke, like in your house, just like what you buy, do you buy cans or do you buy bottles? What's your preference? Bottles. Really? Is it because you can like Mm -hmm. cap it off? Exactly. Got it. Also, they hold more. True. Uh, Not that I want to get to the show, but this is now too long to use as a, like a cold open. (laughs) can snip it. All right. Let's, uh. Ooh, I gotta. Oh, the bubble moved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, now I'm ready. Welcome aboard LRB After Hours, the Friday night recording for your Monday TBTL Week in Review. After Hours! Little Red Bandwagon. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Coming to you from Room 220 Studios in the Hilton Garden Inn in Worcester, Massachusetts, pronounced just like it sounds, I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me... From the middle-aged, momish bedroom studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary H. Mom Butler. Good evening, Hillary. Good evening, Bobby. I'm drinking a lukewarm rosé. Everything is fine. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Are you, um, are you in a fully reclined, like, are you laying flat with the microphone over you or holding it? What's the setup? No, I'm, no I almost should, but I f- I'm a little bit nervous about it like me falling asleep and also I want to drink my rosé properly and not choke on it. So, uh, no, I'm just like sitting like dorm style in my bed and kind of propping up things to work properly. So, I don't know. Our house is a chaotic mess cuz we just had it painted. So, it's everything is in the middle of every room. So, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where I am. What? I don't know what your fear of falling asleep says about me and our other co-host <laughs> this evening from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota and with a plan Lundholm. Good evening, Anne. Hello, everybody. What are you drinking and what temperature is it at? I'm drinking ice cold water from Mm. my $5 Rubbermaid uh, (laughs) beverage container. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm going to hell because I'm drinking a bottle of water that was in the room for me when I got here that I moved to the fridge so it would be nice and cold. Does it cost anything? That stresses me out to drink bottles of water that are placed in a hotel room. Uh, this water is free for me because I am a Hilton Gold Oh, ooh. I mean, I don't want to brag, but I get free bottled water at Hilton Properties. <laughs> hey, big spender. <laughs> uh, we are going to bring you your TBTL Week in Review 
uh, after a little bit of LRB business. We'll also do some housekeeping and tell you how you can get involved with the show. And speaking of housekeeping, one of the many reasons we're doing this late on a Friday night is so that we could avoid that awkward moment tomorrow morning when I get interrupted by housekeeping. Uh, little did we know that TVTL was going to post so late today. <laughs> Uh, but before we talk about that, uh, you have a Friday show fresh in your feed if you haven't listened to it yet. I have not listened to it yet. I am sorry, but it just came out this morning and it's been a busy day. More on that in a minute. And mm. could you tell us a little bit about this Friday show? It's fantastic and horribly cringeworthy. That's what I will <laughs> it's say. It's funny. You don't sound like you. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, I just thought that since we normally pick clips that show Luke in such a good light that maybe I could pick a few where he kind of makes a fool of himself. Uh, so I found some clips that uh, have Luke doing a variety of very, very embarrassing things sparked by me doing some archiving. And as I'm listening, even though I know the story going, Luke, no, don't. Oh, no. Oh, so I picked a handful of clips like that, and uh, we had a good time. Phyllis's great, yeah. live chat while she was listening to this episode was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got three of your phones, um, and we'll do them as we go. There's a general one we can get to as well, but I just want to read a late-breaking one from Scott, who has already listened to the uh, clip show. Scott, uh, emailing from his government address, which always amuses me, his HHS uh, (laughs) address, hugging my phone, latest clip show made me laugh out loud, quote, could use some more cheese, close quote. (laughs) Seriously, y'all are the best. Thanks for brightening my day. Two exclamation points. Thanks, Scott. Yes, thank you. My goal is achieved. (laughs) Thanks to uh, Ann and Christy for putting it together and then and i believe you did some skillful editing to cut out some delirium um christy and i both had fevers when we recorded <laughs> this i just want everybody to know i cut out 17 minutes of content from that show <laughs> and a whole bunch of times of us going uh <laughs> Well, I'm editing this episode, and I won't be cutting any of those out, so <laughs> we better push on. <laughs> By the time I get to the end of this glass, you're going to be like, oh, I have to edit. This is like nonsense babble, so get ready. <laughs> uh, some LRB business before we get to our weekend review. I actually didn't put this on, but I'll just note that since I am in Worcester, Massachusetts, uh, we had a couple of days of recording out here. Uh, where I got to spend a lot of quality time with a great composer who I've mentioned before because he's also the composer who got rich because he wrote the theme song to Thundercats. <laughs> oh, right. That dude. <laughs> that dude. Spent a lot of time hanging out with that dude the last couple of days. A lot of fun. Uh, I am at the Hilton Garden Inn, and I have never felt like more of a boring white person because next door at the convention center is the Massachusetts Tattoo Convention. Nice. And so I am the only person in the building who isn't covered in like full sleeves and face tattoos. And um, are you going to go get one? Yeah. <laughs> just, just walk in and I'll be your test subject. I bet they have coupons like any other conference. I just want all the free samples. I'm not going to buy 
<laughs> I'm just going to have little pieces of tattoo all over my body. God. It's like the chicken food court of the convention hall. Uh, so, yes, uh, we're going to bank on both late night and hotel Wi-Fi to bring this show to you. Uh, there's also one more throw your phone moment that um, we should mention now. And do you want to take this one from Ellen? Yes. Ellen, uh, this is in reference to something that did happen this week, but it's also a more general comment that I thought would be well discussed outside of the context of the recap. Ellen says, I know this has been discussed before, but Luke still has a $500 credit limit. I don't understand how this is possible. I had $800 at the height of my irresponsibility, and it went up as soon as I started making enough to actually cover my costs. I assumed that was in his past. Can you guys please discuss how this is possible? Unpaid parking tickets, maybe? I'm truly baffled. How was he allowed to buy a house? And we kicked this around for a while after yeah. <laughs> Ellen's uh, comment came in. And, uh, I mean, we got as far as we figured that he got the Bellingham house because he had sold the Seattle house and the Seattle house had picked up enough value that he had plenty for a down payment or whatever. But what we couldn't understand was how on earth anybody ever allowed him to buy the house in Seattle. I I have no idea. I I have um, excellent credit, which is something I pride myself on, but I definitely in my twenties and thirties got into, you know, a pretty substantial amount of debt. But the thing that I always did because like I'm a rebel, but also a good girl at the same time as I always paid the minimum. If you know, I never skipped a payment or anything. So my, my credit was always really good and they would always extend me credit because I'm like their ideal candidate because I accrue sure. debt and I'm paying all, all this interest. But at the same time, like you know, pretty timely and I'm not delinquent about it. He must have just like never paid anything. I don't get it, but I don't know how he got a loan unless it was mostly in Vanessa's name. And then when they broke up, they just split the profits. That's the only thing I can think. But he said that Vanessa also was poor with managing her finances. So I, I, I think I can answer how they got the Mount Baker house. And that's just a matter of timing. Anyone could get a mortgage in 2006, seven, you know, around the time they bought that house, anyone could buy a house. Not anyone should buy a house, but anyone could buy a house. Yeah. It was early well, enough but, before the But he, they didn't own the house when TBTL started. He was living in an apartment. So right. he couldn't have bought it until at least sometime well into 2008. By the time I started listening to it in 2009, they had purchased the house. I'm wondering if he bought when the market was in free fall and the mortgage brokers were so freaked out that they just wanted some business, any business, because I kind of think that's where I got in. Although my credit is like yours, Hillary is far better than Luke. So I don't think I would have had a problem either way, but that's what I'm guessing was that when the market was in the toilet and they were just so desperate for sales that they might have done it for him. And I guess they had a stable enough income, I mean, sort of, between the two of them that they could prove that they could pay the mortgage. But And also, I think he might have bought a place in Los Angeles, did he? So had he had a history of purchasing places? I don't know. I feel like I remember him buying something in Echo Park or something when he was married and living down in Los Angeles, but I might be wrong. Hmm. I don't remember at all. I don't either. 
But yeah, I mean, it's it's wild that he has a five. I mean, a five hundred dollar credit card limit is literally like what a freshman college with zero credit and like nothing attached to them gets pretty much. But mostly you get like fifteen hundred because they want you to be able to spend money on it and pay the minimums like I stupidly did. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I had, you know, some of those low credit cards, you know, before I met Sam and my credit was not good uh, because I, you know, had some of my underclassmen mistakes with credit as well. Um, but now they just my cards just go up. Yeah. Like I'll get a letter in the mail that says we've increased your credit limit on this card. If you don't want us to give us a call and we'll change it. But mm-hmm. like they throw more money at us. Yeah. And now we have a ridiculous mortgage. So now everybody wants to give us more debt. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really that's like something that Dave and I talk about a little bit because we have both had issues with credit cards. Um, and something that we want to sort of bestow on our children is being smart about it. Cause it can so screw you up and just like make it hard to do anything and save for anything because you're just p- constantly paying down this bullshit interest and stuff. And it just is, it yep. just is a tax on your life and it's such a weight and we want to try to show, you know, you need to build up credit. It's smart to have a credit card to have credit, but also be you know, wise about it and not just think, Oh, what, I, what I thought, which was if I can't afford something, then I'll just put it on my credit card, <laughs> you know? So that was good. I guess that ends credit talk from this episode. Of LRB <laughs> After hours. It's Dave Ramsey hour on LRB. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, when I worked at, um, the PBS station in Buffalo briefly, uh, many years ago, I actually worked on the national PR rollout for a documentary we had um, produced called Your Life, Your Money, which was uh, hosted and narrated by Donald Faison, the oh, black yeah. guy from Scrubs. Yeah. That That's the most experience I have with, with credit education. <laughs> I had That's probably when I had like a $400 credit card, and here I was like helping explain to the youth of America how to not be me. <laughs> so that was exciting. <laughs> I never got to meet Donald Faison, but I did meet um oh, what was her name? Some C-list R&B singer who was also in it. Mm. Um it'll come back to me, but we don't need to hold on that. Sierra, sure. just kidding. Sh- Seattle fans. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. No, it'll never come back to me now. <laughs> Only because we're on the spot and I'm tired. But instead, we should do our week in review. Yeah, let's get at it. Uh, and I'll take Monday, starting with uh, 27-24. Cautiously pessimistic. This was a two-hour and five-minute show. Which I totally called, by the way, before it. I was like, this is over two hours, guaranteed. I knew it. I just had a feeling. Uh, yes. And uh, thankfully, I just didn't take any notes in the... Uh, the no point conversion really i mean i have enough for us to talk about it but it won't be much and that's okay uh starting with the smell of either old beer or wine in production that's wafting into andrew's window from downstairs from the back alley uh i don't know what the proximity of that is between the nail salon and the architecture firm (laughs) but (laughs) he's either disgusted or intrigued uh, whether it's old beer or proto wine, and uh, he he's he's not sure what to think of this, but it's definitely making an impression on him. 
then we get Carrie on the show with Luke and Andrew to get talked over mm-hmm. more or less on the voyage of the ferry boat mm-hmm. over the weekend because Luke and Carrie were on a ferry coming from Port Townsend to somewhere I don't remember and it collided with the uh, dock I guess or part of the area where it pulls into dock and then did a 360 did he say i think it was more of a 180 maybe it was a 360 and then they backed off um i just when he said 360 had 360 spins and slam dock pointers (laughs) stuck in my head true uh and a page to the crew to stay calm over the pa system which does nothing but make everybody panic so uh we get carrie on the show to talk about her experience here uh which was essentially that she was afraid and luke was not Mm-hmm. Uh, okay it's fine i mean that's why, I, why i'm gonna stop talking now because i have, there are two ladies on the show who can address this better than me i don't necessarily think i would have personally been scared just because i believe in like systems too much which is a failing on my part probably but um i think that it's really rude to discount um what your partner is feeling and also i think that luke spent so much of his time wanting to be like the man in their relationship and like it is detrimental in some ways. I mean, I don't know how Carrie was feeling. She didn't seem pissed or anything, but it was just so minimizing how, I don't know, he was talking about it and I, I don't know. I just thought it was rude, but whatever. I mean, he just wants to feel like he's in control and sort of being the hero of the situation when she was scared and like that's it like that when my kids are scared and I think it's silly when they're scared I can't just be like you're being dumb it's you know it's there's no monsters in your room which I think I'm obviously thinking that but you have to if somebody's scared they're scared and you you have to sort of embrace it a little bit honestly I couldn't even get that far into thinking about the subject because I was so annoyed at Luke for interrupting her yeah because he'd be like Carrie Beth, Carrie Beth, tell about the time that you were in the fairy accent. And she'd start to talk about, you know, when she was in fourth grade. And then he would interrupt her and tell the rest of the story. And she's like, well, there, okay, there was this also this one other time when I had a sleepover. And then he would interrupt her and talk. And I was like, I'm going to come through this internet and shake you until your teeth rattle if you don't let your wife finish her sentence. And she seemingly has way more experience doing, you know, these ferry rides and being in this general area. Um, so she kind of knows what's normal and what's ne- not normal. So I, I was like, well, just let her talk. And you're a shitty boat driver, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, irony in the parallels there of the ferry boat, as Luke likes to say, getting plowed into the dock. Uh, Carrie, oh, uh, actually, before I do that, I should read Eric's throw your phone moment because it's apropos. Uh, Eric says, yep, that was fear shaming on Monday's show. They need a woman on that show big time. Yes, Eric. Gotta go watch the game. Power out. (laughs) Sure, that came in on Monday night. Um, Carrie does say, when Luke says it'll be fine, it never is. (laughs) So true. Uh, And then Carrie asks Andrew how he would react in this situation. And Andrew, surprisingly to me, said probably more like Luke. Well, I think it's that fallacy. Yeah, one, 
that's true. And I think it's also that fallacy of like, if you're, when you're not on land, but there's something that people fear, fear. And I don't have this fear about flying, about how you're so out of control because you're just like up in the air and sort of at, I don't know, nature's whims or whatever. But, um, you know, I agree. I think that a boat, somebody said this and it's like, maybe it's a throw your phone, but it's like, if there's cars going down and the boats going down, there's not a whole lot you can do. I mean, not that you can do so much in a plane, but I feel like a boat is a little bit more tenuous even. You just justified why I don't care where I sit on the plane. (laughs) I I recently had someone explaining to me that they like to sit in the back of the plane because obviously if the plane crashes, the front of the plane is going to be crushed and people will die, but I might be fine in the back. (laughs) And I'm just thinking, it's it's kind of an all or nothing situation. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not holding out hope that I'm going to be one of the four people who survives if this plane goes down. I don't know that I want to be. Yeah, one of the four people I know, who, mangled. But it's a little late to get that dark. Um, <laughs> you mentioned Carrie's childhood memories that Luke insisted she bring up, so she discusses that as best as she can. Um, I thought Luke actually missed a real opportunity. With all of this, you know, he's telling this story. He could have called up Cairo and talked to any of those obnoxious Cairo hosts and probably been given a lot of airtime to bitch about the lack of safety standards on our ferry boats or something. <laughs> like, I feel like this is the kind of story that AM talk radio or whatever now FM talk radio could gin up a real story out of. 100%. They would be psyched. And Luke could present it well. It's not just like man on the street where the person is, you know, not camera ready or, or radio ready or whatever he, you know, can actually speak to the experience a little bit more succinctly. Right. He could have gotten out his phone and called in live. They could have swept the quarter hour with Luke Burbank <laughs> on a sinking ferry boat. What, on Cisco's Saturday gardening show? <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news. That's a good point. Uh, the top story, uh, though not the planned top story, sort of a spontaneous top story, is the sad story that Mac Miller died. Um and the guys just get into that for a little while. I didn't really take any notes on it. It's just a sad thing that happened and was fresh and they talked about it. Um, yep. I, I have no feelings about Mac Miller, except the only thing I know about him is, is that he was dating Ariana Grande. And what they didn't mention is that people have been like, you know, spectacularly nasty to Ariana Grande because she broke up with them and she's responsible for his debt, whatever. But um, but in true um, form, Chris Melanthi, Melanthi, my favorite podcaster, uh, that's not mm-hmm. on LRB or TBTL, was on another Thank podcast <laughs> talking about Ariana Grande, but then talking about Mac Miller. And it actually made me interested because he's such a, I don't know, a good discusser of pop music that it actually intrigued me a little bit more than Luke's weird discussion of him. But... Um, <laughs> He seemed like, you know, a troubled soul, but maybe had a bright future. And, it's, you know, he's 26. It's really sad. Sure. I heard but I don't have any of the feelings. Nothing but than. good things yes. about yeah. him. And and I didn't listen to only Luke's uh, assessment of his music. I heard some other sources saying that he was really developing as a musician. I don't know. The clip that Luke was so keen to play of him being interviewed by Larry King that they both thought was so charming. I just sort of thought it sounded like he was fighting his narcolepsy <laughs> the whole time, you know? Mm-hmm. I I wasn't super impressed. He must yeah. have been more dynamic on stage. Yeah. Yeah. 
Also, I could always do without a Larry King clip. In <laughs> yeah. My life. I would get a technical note that the uh, the second ad break in the show continues on Monday, and it seems to have continued, I think, all week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a thing now. On to the Domino's Russia tattoo stories that were teased several times last week. Uh, the gist of it is uh, if you're in Russia and you got a tattoo of the Domino from Domino's, you got pizza for life. And it very quickly got maxed out and rules had to be put on it because people were very, very willing to go get a Domino's tattoo. You get 100 pizzas a year for 100 years. Uh, my question to you, Anne, would you get a Diet Coke tattoo for that deal? <gasps> oh, fuck. That's Bobby. a really good question. <laughs> I have never been interested in having a tattoo, but this is a And it would save you so much money. So much money. Where in my body do I have to get it? Well, I think I'm trying to remember the rules here. It, it has to be visible. And get know, it. Because it's, it's, you can't hide that, that, uh, that, that uh, light under a basket or whatever the fuck that, that, <laughs> mal- that mangled saying from the Bible that Luke likes to use. It's got to be visible. It doesn't have to be on like your forehead. And I guess since it's Coca-Cola, I guess it wouldn't, I guess it would just be the Diet Coke words. I mean, there's not really a good Diet Coke logo. Maybe one of the vintage ones. You could take one of the, like the the great eighties looks or something. And I think you should get it in inside of your upper arm, like near your armpit, because you're always wearing sleeves. I mean, you live in Minnesota. You're like always going to be wearing sleeves pretty much. Nobody's going to see, even if you're sleeveless, nobody's going to see it unless you raise your hand. Like that's where you get it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I wonder if that would count. Not, not you know, it doesn't have to be below the elbow or knee. I guess that would be the, if you could get away with it, like on your ankle. No, you know, absolutely not. Classic. Do not do that. Don't do it. That's horrible. <laughs> Can I do it like a, a bottle as a tiny teardrop? <laughs> yeah, but you have to get another one every time you kill a bottle of Diet Coke. Ooh, that's going to be a problem. And your whole face is going to be covered with little tiny Diet Coke teardrops. <laughs> Actually, the Coke bottle is such a such a known symbol. I think you could get the Coke bottle. I think that would be an acceptable tattoo. But it has like to be just Coke bottle, though. It has to be distinctly I, Diet Coke. Like it can't just be a Coke bottle. That, that's a good point. Yeah. It, it, I, the bottle is not a shape that I like. I'll confess right now, I'm not a big fan of Luke's Joy detergent tattoo. I think it's sort of a weird shape. I don't know. I'd yeah. rather just get the logo if I could do that. I didn't think to look this up. Diet Coke tattoo. A scripty tattoo. Oh, God. Wow. There's just a whole <laughs> world of terrible tattoos for Diet Coke. I, I'm not surprised. There's terrible tattoos. You know, do you want me to walk down to this convention and see if I can find someone? Maybe. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> um, well, that's not a Diet Coke. That's a swastika with four penises on the end of it. <laughs> we clearly don't have the same metadata in our search. <laughs> uh Hillary, I don't want to. If I ask you if you would get a rose tattoo, that would just be like rude. It would be me calling you an alcoholic. Um. Oh my! I am just. 
there's I don't think there's anything in my life that I want consistently that I don't know. I there's nothing I I really like <laughs> Mike's gonna be mad, but I really like a Starbucks soy latte. That's like my favorite thing. <laughs> but I'm not gonna do it so much that I there's nothing so consistently that like I like spend so much money on. I don't know. But I mean, rosé would be fine. But then I'd be such a basic bitch that I like I would be embarrassed. But listen, I almost got a tattoo yeah. of the nickname that my dad calls me on my lower back. So I'm nowhere. I can't talk about this. Like I am basic. <laughs> so what yeah, about you, Bobby? I, if Meredith was on, well, if Meredith was on, I was going to ask her if she would just get a tattoo of a cat because then she would just get more and more free cats. <laughs> um, she probably would. I. I would probably get a tattoo of a cup of black coffee. I mean, a Diet Coke would also work for me. I drink almost as much Diet Coke as Anne. A cup but, of black uh, coffee tattoo would be the most extreme hipster tattoo. You're like, I don't take that's, that's true. <laughs> that's the problem. And it would be like the Starbucks logo, but it wouldn't be the word Starbucks. It would be like a knockoff that says hot coffee where it says Starbucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe like one of those coffee vending machine cups. <laughs> gross my the problem with me and tattoos is there's nothing in my life that lasts i mean besides i guess like my children but i'm not gonna do that but there's nothing husband and children there's nothing in my life that i've been like oh i'm gonna look back at that and be like oh i really like that in you know 2018 or whatever but and you always love diet coke it's never gonna go away you could totally do this i'm gonna rig it so that you get free diet coke for it has to happen yeah (laughs) I welcome your efforts on my behalf. We will all be there holding your hands as you get this tattoo and receive your Diet Coke, your lifetime supply. I mean, if I ever get famous, you better believe I will reach out to Diet Coke and I'll be like, I will do all the advertising you want. You don't even have to pay me other than in free Diet Cokes. LRB is taking a trip to Atlanta in the near future. I can see it. The Diet Coke Museum is great. The Coke Museum is great. I love the Coke it's Museum. Fantastic. I've said it. I've said it before recently on this show. I think I cried during the video at the beginning of the tour. Of the Coke it's Museum. so good. It also has that "I'm on top of the world" song in it, which just anyway. Yeah. Thinking of hipster stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have tattoo for the same reason. There's nothing I want uh, that I want to tattoo on me that that will that I feel like will stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. That fits. Now, see, I've actually thought recently, I should probably get a tattoo of a of a buffalo, which is something a lot of people in Buffalo like to do because they love buffalo. And that's probably never going to change for me. Despite the fact that there are no buffalo in Buffalo, people will get what I mean. So maybe, I don't know. I'm not that passionate about body art. No. I guess. I can't. My mom has a tattoo. She's cooler than I am. She has a tattoo on her ankle. Um, it's cute, but I... Like, and hers looks good, but I can't, I can't commit. My children and my yeah. husband are about the, uh, uh, the only things I can commit to long-term. Everything else, I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. My mom also has a couple of ankle tattoos. She has a, a pink breast cancer awareness ribbon, or just a cancer awareness ribbon. I think it's all cancer awareness for her on one ankle. And she has the Episcopal shield. Wow. Above her ankle on the other leg. At least it's not the Catholic one. Um, no. <laughs> Sorry. No, I already went down that road recently on the show. I can't 
rally against Catholics again this week. Plus, we have a lot of week to go. Yes, let's go. All right, we do some uh, chain pizza rankings. Uh, some talk about how Papa John is an asshole. Uh, Luke mentions that he uh, loves to get his buffalo sauce and ranch, which is something that I had planned to fly off the handle on. But now that we've talked about tattoos for 20 minutes, I'm just going <laughs> to let it go. But real humans use blue cheese when there's buffalo sauce involved, not ranch. Ranch is not bad. There are mm-hmm. a lot of people in Buffalo sure. who like like blue cheese and therefore hate ranch. And I don't think it's one or the other. I think there's a time and a place for both. We, we keep ranch in the house. Um, do you have any better do you have any opinions about you know whether people should be allowed to put ketchup on their hot dogs i don't care i put ketchup on my hot dogs sometimes so why do you care if people want to put ranch on their wings because buffalo sauce uh-huh. and blue cheese are a natural pairing mm, sure to you they are yeah <laughs> I again, I will be here for hours, and it's not worth it. I was also upset that Luke said that The Godfather is overrated. Oh, like well, the he mo- knows better than all film historians, so right. And I want to like bet that he's barely seen. Like, I feel like he probably watched ten minutes, and he was like, "I'm bored." You know, Dave and I talk about seventies movies a lot. Like The Godfather and Godfather Part Two are some of Dave's favorite movies, but he will say. In watching 70s movies, they are um, starting, startlingly slower than you remembered them being. And just that our brains are sort of accustomed to going so fast and things being more soprano or just, you know, changing a little bit fast. And 70s movies are very methodical and slow and quiet and dark. But it's an excellent movie. I mean, it just is unrivaled in saying that. It's whether you, you know find it exciting or boring it's a it's a good movie it's almost kind of undisputed yep andrew for his part mentions that for a long time he thought the casino was better than goodfellas and then later in life realized his error i've never seen either oh well it's a can of worms for another time maybe we should start a movie podcast but casino's <laughs> not better than goodfellas no. uh then they play the paul f Tompkins overdub of a ray liotta <laughs> chantix commercial don't care good let's move on uh then we get a voicemail uh from a woman who tells the story of a guy who was with her in a platonic setting and proceeded to FaceTime his significant other to prove that he was only with her in a platonic setting, not in any romantic interest way. And I believe I wrote the quote down as, quote, see, babe, she's old. So mm-hmm. rude. Uh, it's like when I get called ma'am by some, like, 25-year-old intern. I'm like, fuck you. Um, and I know they're trying to be polite, but I, it's yep. like... I'm, you know, I'm in the graveyard already. It's fine. I I guarantee there's no etiquette book that said, see, babe, she's old was the right response to that. <laughs> no point conversion. Um, uh, Sebastian Janikowski, the kicker for the Seahawks, is an old, not athletic looking man. <laughs> it's funny that he is an athlete. The Seahawks lost to Denver in a game they probably could have won, but they didn't. But Luke finds a way to make it seem like they did okay, even though they lost. It's fine. Mm -hmm. That's what he always does. 
you know, I'm yeah. really, I'm not even disappointed that they <laughs> lost this one. Yep. I knew the they Seahawks were going to lose. are going to go to the Super Bowl of trying hard this year. Uh, it's not going to go well. Uh, Cleveland tied with Pittsburgh because that's what you do when you're a team that's awful is you find a new way to be awful. Uh, really, this is embarrassing for Pittsburgh more than anything. I'm excited that um, Luke recognizes that uh, – uh, what's his face? Um, why, Roethlisberger is such a piece of shit. Like, it makes me happy that he's had that revelation mm-hmm. that he doesn't want to play him, even in fantasy, which I know is meaningless, but it's like – when anybody tries to represent that he's this like kind of upstanding, you know, Big Ben kind of guy, it makes me happy that Luke at least is on the side of the righteousness that he's a, you know, a salter. Yeah. Uh, this is why I eventually threw out the bag of Big Ben's beef jerky that I was keeping for posterity. <laughs> uh, and I know that no one cares. Uh, about the We Are Tens Fantasy Football League, but I did rename my team the Hamburger Sandwiches this year, <laughs> which I'm pretty proud of. Uh, I had just enough characters allowed in the space you're allotted for your name to do that. One gross detail from the No Point Conversion that I wanted to mention, Andrew talks about coming home after the Cleveland game where he was out watching it, I assume at Art Marble 21 or whatever, whatever the Browns bar is now. Uh, and he had that sweat, that flop sweat, that gross sweat you get when you're nervous and frustrated. And he said it was like battery acid. So I just want to leave you at the end of Monday's two-hour show with Andrew's battery acid sweat. Genevieve's a lucky woman. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right, let's go to Tuesday. Number 2725, the opposite of E. Uh, They start by talking for a long time about their tweets. Boy, this is starting to be a problem because they decide that maybe they should have a segment about Twitter, a regular segment. And we did get a throw your phone about that, a delightful throw your phone from Renee, who says this is actually a split throw and hug phone moment. Creating a segment about tweets? Yes, you do talk about tweets a lot, but no, I don't usually want to hear about them. But if they name the segment talk tweet to me i might change my mind that's the hug my phone moment the moment i got to feel clever that must be why luke talks about his tweets it's a good thing i'm not on twitter i think you're very right renee luke gets those little jolts of dopamine or whatever when he comes up with a good line Mm -hmm. but i don't i don't want a twitter segment no thank you um luke started following Michael McKean, the actor on Twitter. Did you know that he was married to Annette O'Toole? No, I didn't. No? no. God, she's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, I went to his uh, Wikipedia page to make sure I was spelling McKean right. And I was like, oh, wait, there we go. Anyway, that's beside the point. But what Luke said is that he has started uh, replying to Michael McKean's tweets, waiting to see if they're noticed. And then when they're not, he deletes them. Mm. And that's... Sad, Luke. That's that's sad. Um, On the next tweet topic, they go back to Zizal. I'm not interested in talking about Zizal because we've already been through this once on the podcast. We had a conversation about it before, but Luke goes into a long explanation of why the Twitter joke he made about it was, quote, multi-layered. And Uh, he has started lurking on 
black Twitter and he's experimenting with what he calls black Twitter joke formations. And I said, Luke, no, (laughs) no, (laughs) it's sort of weird because I feel like a lot of people were like, why is he calling it black Twitter? Or they were upset by it. And it's one of those things that I've heard for, I don't know, years of people. I, for, I'm stupid and for a long time about three years ago I thought there was like a whole separate thing called black Twitter and I was like well I want to see what it's like but I realized quickly that it was not but it's one of those things that like Luke can I listen to call your girlfriend and Ami Natuso is one of the hosts and she can will say black Twitter she's an African-American woman she can say that for Luke to say it it sounds very no. It just sounds weird and off-putting a little bit. I'm not saying he can't, but mm-hmm. it just sounds sort of like, this isn't for you. Like, we're not performing for you. I mean, I'm glad you're getting enjoyment out of it or whatever, but I don't know. It just seems a little bit like, ugh. I'm just waiting for Luke to go to a live wire taping and go out there for his monologue and just be like, well, white people tweet like this <laughs> and black people tweet like this. <laughs> I did think that it was funny. I mean, the the one tweet I saw that was like, white people love to say like, ooh, we just made it here in time. Look at the line. I say that all the time, all the time, <laughs> all the time. And I was like feeling very called out by it. <laughs> well, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing if he gets into the, oh, God help me, the black tortiverse, if he's <laughs> observing and learning. But when he tries to co-opt the forms for his own uh, sense of Twitter superiority, I let's be careful about this, Luke. Um, let's leave Twitter talk. Luke thinks that he doesn't like wings. I think he thinks he doesn't like wings because he's trying to get low-carb wings. And so he's getting shitty wings. Mm-hmm. Bobby's like, I agree. Uh, They're chicken. Yeah. Since the last time you ate a potato wing. Yep. It's like they're chicken rolled in powder. Of course they don't taste good, Luke. Uh, They do a whole bunch of music talk, which I'm not interested in recapping, but it's full of a lot of, oh, did you know? And are you familiar with? It's, guys don't. Uh, they <laughs> insult people who play croquet in the course of this, but then they're both like, yeah, but you know what? It sounds really fun just to get out and play croquet. <laughs> um, I don't think they do that on black Twitter. Um, <laughs> then they do a water bottle talk for 11 minutes and 43 seconds. And that's the end of what <laughs> I'm going to say about it. Unless either of you two wants to talk about your water bottles. I don't drink water. Okay, good. Uh- I have a Nalgene water bottle. I like it. it there has we a go. Top. Yep. Ooh, extensive <laughs> discussion. We did it. <laughs> uh, top Mission story for today. I like this top story a lot. The 50 year old guy named Chris Hughes, who uh, looks like a 50 year old guy. He's 5'8, and on one of the videos I watched, they said he's a generous 210 pounds. Uh, <laughs> is coming close to securing the championship for the NFL seven on seven flag football tournament with a prize of $1 million. He looks like he has no business being on a football field of any kind, like Sebastian Janikowski, apparently. I don't know. I don't know what he looks like. That's it. No, you got it. Um, 
Yeah. And this is the joke is kind of on the NFL because they only wanted to get people who had pro or college experience so that they could make this like a real exciting thing and not just like a dopey intramural experience. So I he said that he just kept applying and applying and they had 128 teams they allowed in and he was number 127. Um, and he's he's killing it. And um, what Luke gets from this is that he could do it too. <laughs> and I say, Luke, <laughs> this guy has been playing flag football since he was in his mid-20s, so at least 25 years, and he is a football coach for his profession. You could not do this. Um, but he is pretty fun to watch. I watched a bunch of those videos. And... Uh, <laughs> And he's doing it. And he's, you know, he's got this murderer's row of like super awesome athletes that are catching the ball, except for he has this giant um, center who is just incredibly huge. And uh, he, when he was being interviewed, he's like, oh, yeah, that guy's my buddy. All the other guys want me to kick him off the team, but I can't because I can't be the fattest guy on the team. So I have to have him. (laughs) Um, yeah, he's pretty charming, so that's a great story, and I hope that um, his story turns out well. We all need a fanfare for the common schlub once yeah. in a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they follow up with some more talk about Dr. Death. I've heard a little bit more positive things about this, that it's less of a like a 48 hours mystery type story, and it's being um, reported by an actual healthcare reporter, and so oh. it's more... Yeah, to- Look she at knows, the healthcare system. She knows her shit. And then I've had two separate people text me who I recommended it to, like, oh, you should listen to this. And they said, I don't ever want to have surgery again. Mostly because it's like, <laughs> um, you know, people, uh, it's kind of, <laughs> again, to bring it back to the Catholic Church, it's like these people are floated or, you know, they are pushed to different places. They're not necessarily, their license, licenses are not necessarily taken away. They're just kind of pushed aside to somewhere else. And so you, you, you know, and you can market yourself in a certain way to make it seem like you're the expert on, you know, spine surgery or whatever. Um, and so it's kind of scary where you're like, is there any accountability in the medical community? It doesn't really seem like there is because it's all for profit at this point. Um, <clears throat> I anyway. sort of wonder along the line, is anybody checking his yeah. references? I know, but I don't know if having a, you know, a medical degree and license kind of makes it, uh, people kind of get, you know, like they are smoked by it. They think that, oh, like, well, he's fine. But yeah, it seems super odd because people were, you know, getting injured and, all the stuff, awful stuff was happening and he was just going on with his business. And I have wanted to Google it, but then I do kind of want to listen to it some more. And it's only six episodes and I think they just finished the fourth episode. So in, in two weeks, I'll know the outcome. I do think it's weird that they keep shuffling them around, yeah. but they keep giving the most vulnerable patients gold chains before they go. <laughs> Well, I'm still waiting for someone to tell me that that's not okay for me to. (laughs) Someone proved to me the Catholic Church isn't terrible right now, and I will listen. Moving on. Uh, Luke says maybe he's done with Dr. Death because in the last episode, they used the term Occam's razor incorrectly. And I 
I just think that Luke should be careful when he's calling people out on their lack of knowledge of scientific concepts. Um, but I didn't listen to the episode, so I don't know if he's right or not. The funny thing that comes from this is that they decide there should be a TBTL shave club called Occam's Razors, which was a good joke. Yeah. And um, Luke thinks that you should just wait until all the episodes are out and then binge it, because that's the kind of show it is. So I guess I'll wait for your final verdict, Hillary, and then okay. I'll see. On two weeks. Get back to me. All right. And that's enough for Tuesday, I think. Okay. Uh, Wednesday, twenty-seven, twenty-six. The Mystery of the Millionaire pastoral Pastoralist. I knew I was going to pronounce that incorrectly. Um, they get into talking about... Popeyes and the Popeyes owner um, who had apparently some beef with Anne Rice. I guess it was a very like central to New Orleans beef. Um, I just thought that was sort of a random thing to uh, talk about. But I did think it was interesting that Popeye was named for Popeye Doyle, not for like Popeye's Popeye's. And I didn't know that. That was a dazzling deed that I did not know. <laughs> I've never seen the French Connection, but, you know, I thought that was sort of interesting. Um, um, Dave just brought me some more rosé, so <laughs> strap in, guys. <laughs> um, okay, so I texted him. I was like, hey, can you do me a favor? Anyway, thanks, Dave. I love you, bubs. Um, okay, so anyway, they move on. Um, Luke all of a sudden talks about how um, people give celery a bad rap. I've if it's 1985, I guess I've heard that, but I feel like nobody really gives a shit about celery. Actually, I like celery as a part of like a buffalo wing kind of situation. You can, it's just an avenue to like dip things, dip shit into things, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Luke's, one of Luke's points is that it's a calorie neutral food. And I'm like, well, not if you're using it as a spoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is. It's nature's spoon. Um, I thought it was just sort of a weird thing. I'm like, what world are you living in? Like, and where there's like some, you know, female stand up comment ra- ranting about celery. But I don't know. I feel like everybody likes celery fine. It is sort of neutral. I mean, it doesn't bring a lot of taste to anything, but it's perfect no. for peanut butter, ranch, blue cheese, what have you. Um, Celery's going to be the only spoon you can get once the liberals <laughs> find out that turtles are choking on real spoons. <laughs> Uh, uh, but then he talks about it was such a weird food concept day butter on saltines I mean I just feel like that seems really labor intensive to put butter on like a tiny little (laughs) square my mom really likes to put butter on tortillas um, and I understand that because it's a like a wider sort of area that you can cover but butter on saltines seems like a lot of work I don't know it's all right. No, it's, it's fine. Just toast. Put out the butter dish in the dip bowl in your favorite chip and dip, <laughs> and then just put the saltines on the chip portion of your favorite chip and dip, and just go to town. I mm-hmm. did used to. This is very like Carrie and Sex in the City. I used to put like I like to stand up in my kitchen and put like jelly and peanut butter on a saltine, but like several, not one, many, 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 many. And I'd like eat a sleeve of saltines with like jelly and peanut butter on them. (laughs) I have no problems with binge eating. It's fine. Um, Who says jelly and peanut butter? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, um, somebody who's had like two glasses of rosé maybe says jelly and peanut butter, but... (laughs) 
it's with the saltine. Like, it seems sort of odd. Like, I think that's the order in which I put them in. So, um, anyway, they, it's this, again, I keep feeling like I get, like, the random episodes where they're sort of talking about nothing but many, many topics. Um, Luke talks about how CPAPs are sort of, I don't know, like, they are... I understand what he's trying to say. They're trying to say that there's like a cottage industry surrounding CPAPs, which I agree. But I also think that Luke needs a CPAP and he's just trying to talk himself out of him seeing like, Oh, see, it's bullshit. But, um, but I like that Andrew, you know, <laughs> thought that he kind of could like get into cleaning a CPAP. He doesn't necessarily need one, but he thought it'd be fun to clean one out. And I like, he, he had a, like a business in mind that was handy. Andy's vape and CPAP cleaning. <laughs> He's so weird. He's so weird. Um, cleaning CPAPs would be gross. It's so gross. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. gross. I mean, if you were just cleaning your own CPAP and you were Andrew and you did it on the reg, that would be fine. But if you had a business where, I don't know, like Mr. Johnson brought his CPAP in after <laughs> 18 months of use, that would be disgusting. It's like filled with mold. It's so gross. Ugh. Um, and a quick note, I think that this was during the uh, donor portion that Suzanne from Mount Lake Terrace was Luke's babysitter, which I just thought was like cute mm-hmm. and weird. Um, so then the top story, I am going to admit, I lost the thread on this. This whole big thing in Australia does not intrigue me as much as it intrigues the guys. I I kind of get it, but also it seemed like they kept going on and on about it. But the one little thing that I had about this story was I think that they have an idea that Australia is much smaller than it actually is. Like Australia is about Mm -hmm. the size of the United States. So they were like, how far away is Larimer from where Larry the lobster is? And it, I like Google mapped it and it's like approximately a 30 hour drive. So it would be like driving from, I don't know, probably Seattle to Austin in some ways. Like it's not, just because it's in the same country does not mean that it's anywhere near each other. Yeah, uh, but are they going to hitchhike? I mean, I would love to see them hitchhike through the like bush of Australia. That would be hilarious. They're like melting <laughs> in the sun. Help me. There's no, there's no, you know, McAllisters to save them with like a baked potato. Right. And <laughs> um, anyway, then they talked about that for a while. And as I said, I sort of lost the thread a little bit, but then they went on to Luke's credit, which Ellen had previously, we talked about with the throw your phone. But the thing that really frustrated me beyond the fact that Luke has such shitty credit is that he sort of attached his credit to whoever he was dating. Like Nicola, his wife had great credit and she was very responsible. So his, I don't know, his credit rose at that point. Then Van was not great about that just like Luke was so his credit was shitty and now Carrie is responsible and it's just frustrating because yeah like a marriage is a partnership and you're sort of all in it but nobody's responsible for anybody else's shit like if it's something personal you pay your stuff unless you have an agreement but it's not their responsibility to take over whatever you did to fuck up and I just think it's really Mm -hmm. frustrating and it's this antiquated way of looking at like well she's responsible with money I'm not good at it well you know what you're a 42 year old man like you have to be sort of responsible for it I'd be so afraid that he would drag me down 100% but I 100%. And if I were married to him, I would be like, this is uh, under my purview at this point. But it just annoyed me how he was positioning it. Like, he had no responsibility. It was always the partner that Mm -hmm. he was with. It was like, oh, well, they had 
were responsible or not. So that's reflected in my credit and just annoying. Um, and then uh, they they talked about oh Luke was like getting fished at that moment and I um I they talk about fishing a lot in my office because they're so scared of it and we have a lot of old people that work my company is really big we have a lot of older people that work there and so I can that they're just so fearful that somebody's gonna fall for it but it, it has been a couple of times I've almost fallen for it they've gotten really good about fishing like that you can. You know, they masked, and then all of a sudden you just have to look at the, you know, email address and it's something that's just a little bit off. But I listened to a reply all that was about phishing and it, it can get you. Even people who are, you know, mm-hmm. think that they're a little bit smarter. Um, I, I try to be really, really sophisticated about it, but a couple of times I've almost gotten got. And then I'm like, wait a second. Um, and then there's a, the li- I, oh, go ahead. I really like the pause. You went, wait a second. And then there was this pregnant pause. <laughs> You're like, something's <laughs> happening. No. Um. <laughs> and we just moved on. <laughs> I'm just an animated speaker. Um, okay. Then the last little bit was a voicemail about this, I don't know, this William S. Burroughs overlay of some music, and I don't really care for it. It's fine. Whatever. William, it's not yeah. for me. That's like no, a but they did make the point that it was not as horrific as the one no. that they played before that was the Kurt Cobain William S. Burroughs one. That is for sure. It did not hurt my ears. I just didn't really care that much about it, but it was not no. like I I was like okay, I can see I could see how a 19-year-old boy in college would be really into this. Like that's what I mm-hmm. could envision to it. So that was pretty much Wednesday. Well, I think Thursday is going to be quick. Number 2727, how do you say hello to a rutabaga? Uh, <laughs> it's important to note that they recorded this on Wednesday because Luke was going to be traveling on Thursday. Luke says that he has not swept Burbank Springs for like a day or two, and he has so much fur that he could make a, a fur replica of Rudy, <laughs> which is one reason I don't have a dog. Um, they go on to say that people love vacuum talk. I will just say Anne does not love vacuum talk. And then they do vacuum talk. Anybody want to say anything about vacuums? No, but I don't want, okay. The one thing I'll say about vacuums is the cheaper you buy a vacuum, the more you're going to have to replace it. We've replaced a vacuum once a year because we keep cheaping out on them. We spend $60. We spend blah, blah, blah. And then I come home and my housekeeper's like, your vacuum cleaner is broken. Shit. So I don't know. I guess you get what you pay for. Get an expensive vacuum cleaner, but not a Dyson because that's yeah, too but, expensive. Yeah, Luke p- paid 500 bucks for his and it died. Yeah, that's true. So, I I mean, I guess they just don't make them like they used to. Is that what we're supposed to say? Yeah, speaking of things they don't make like they used to, it's really a shame Mike's not on this episode because he's really the our resident expert on pet fur. I mean, cupcake True. sheds and we sweep and vacuum regularly, but uh, uh, Mike and Emily with the whole menagerie and it being his job to keep on top of the dog fur and the cat fur and the bunny fur, that's... I, he lives for that. I think it's what got through, got him through his hardest times, <laughs> was knowing that Emily would die in a sea of fur if he wasn't there to help clean it up. We all have our purposes in this life. Exactly. 
Um, we find out that Andrew and Hannah Brooks Olson's new podcast, Spotless, is pending on iTunes as of this recording. It has been released. You can listen to it. I have not. I'm not I sure did. if I'm going to. I don't. I'm not sure that I need a cleaning podcast. But you know, I'm, I feel pretty good about my cleaning game. I mean, I the only thing that I'm interested in is the like Jolie. Jolie Kerr is a um, cleaning expert, sort of, but hers is more specific to like getting a stain out, getting pit stains out, or whatever. I'm sort of interested in very specific things, but not just general. I clean the bathroom because, like, I I know how to clean a bathroom. I mean, I can clean a bathroom with the best of them, but I like to know how to get, like, a chocolate stain out of a child's shirt. That's the thing that I care about more, and I don't (laughs) think that either of them are going to talk about it. It sounds like a very specific example. (laughs) Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Completely (laughs) random. It was fine. The pilot's fine. It's a little introspective. Uh, I think it definitely has the feel of a pilot because they're talking about themselves a lot. Um, Andrew's Andrew. Hannah Brooks Olsen can carry a lot of water personality wise. Yes. So that's mm-hmm. nice. Um, yeah. You know, I, I am somewhat saddened to say that after these messages has waned in my podcatcher, they just pile up. And sometimes I listen to them and catch up. And sometimes I just delete a bunch. And uh, it's not that I don't. It's not that I dislike it. I like, well, let's not say I like Andrew. I don't want to. <laughs> I I know Andrew, and I like Genevieve. <laughs> uh, but, the you know, the topic, there's there's nothing making me wait for the next episode to come out yeah, with these right. messages. If I have time, I'll listen to it. And if I don't, I'm happy to let it go. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure I'll keep Spotless in my feed to get him the download. But, uh, eh, we'll see. Um, they talk about Colin Kaepernick. I don't even remember how this came up, but Luke is of the opinion that he has been, as he says, conscripted into the culture wars. And I think that means that these days you have to pick a side. Uh, and he says, quote, everyone doesn't always have to have an opinion. And I would amend that a little bit by saying everyone doesn't always have to share their opinion. Yes. yes. Have an opinion all you want, but... Um, I think a lot of us feel like people care more about our opinion than they actually do. Mm-hmm. Uh, including Luke and Andrews. Uh, top story for the day is this CNN article on tips for healthier tailgating. And Luke wants to know who even tailgates anymore. Well, obviously you haven't never been to a Packers game. Uh, not that I have, but even I know what goes on at Lambeau Field. Um, the guys are in agreement that this article really misses the mark as who tailgates and doesn't want to stuff themselves silly. That's not the point of tailgating. It's it's not to have a few celery sticks and chat with your friends. It's to get loaded in several ways. And if you're in Buffalo to then jump off a car into a plastic folding table that's been lit on fire with lighter fluid or something. Just like Grandpa and Grandma did. (laughs) That's how it works. Like our Bills fans before us. (laughs) The tips that the article comes up with, including that you should eat before you go. No. That you should wear a belt, which I really disagree with. Um, I think you need to wear what you feel comfortable in. Or maybe that's just me. That's what my therapist told me. She said, and just buy clothes that you feel good in and stop hating your body. Yep. 
So I don't think I, that you should wear clothes that make you uncomfortable. In one of those situations, actually, I think a less discriminating waistband is the way to go. I, you really have to go in the opposite direction of a belt. Suspenders? <laughs> <laughs> just just anything with the word sweat in the name will probably mm-hmm. be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you should make sure that you include healthier options with your food. That's fine. Whatever. It doesn't all have to be crap. Um... They talk about eating lots of plants so you get fiber. And Luke says he thinks that the point of fiber is to keep your digestion moving, not to feel full. He's wrong. I mean, it is to keep your digestion moving, but it's very well known that fiber helps you feel full. Um, To alternate beer with water. It sounds like Luke and Andrew like to alternate beer with shots of (laughs) stronger alcohol. (laughs) So I guess everybody has their own thing just do a light beer and then a shot of jameson or a shot of jim beam and you'll be good um the best part of this whole list was that you should concentrate on socializing with your friends not on eating and andrew just <laughs> says oh fuck you <laughs> in fact we did we did get a, a throw your phone from sarah on this topic she says uh this is a hug my phone for tailgating tips when andrew broke in with an oh fuck you at the recommendation to socialize as a helpful way to cut calories both so funny and so right i laughed out loud their tone for this whole section thoughtful amused and more honest than necessary really made me appreciative of the show they were certainly not buying what cnn was selling with this article that's for sure Although Luke is in favor of having a dance party during halftime. If it's a spontaneous dance party and not like a thing. <laughs> it can't be an organized thing. It, you just have to right. dance. Right. So they seem to feel that a couple of these tips are okay. A couple of these tips are stupid. And a couple of these tips, eh, you know, if you implement them in some way, um, you can get some benefit out of them. But... Uh, that's pretty much the end of the show. They do a very small amount of blurs days, and that's that's it for Thursday. My uncle Lyndon used to have. Um, I know he's not going to listen to this, so I'll make fun of him a little bit. My uncle Lyndon used to have a tailgate um, at UT. This is the thing that they're missing is that at college football games, like tailgating is a really big deal, and a lot of you know larger colleges they have many many tailgates that are all going around along around the. Mm-hmm. Um, around the stadium and my uncle used to have one <laughs> we went to it and he had like two chairs <laughs> and like six beers and we we're like that's how you tailgate because it's like you're in and out like there's no lingering around his tailgate <laughs> that's how you do it just have like one beer and then you're ready to go <laughs> um but yeah it's it's um I don't know. I it's it's fun, and I feel like I guess if you're doing it all the time, then yeah, maybe you need to maintain. But if you need to sort of set some boundaries, but it's I don't feel like people are doing it. You know, maybe there are. Maybe there's some people that do it every game, but it I think it's sort of a more of occasional thing. Um, all right, so on to Friday twenty seven twenty eight. Zoop de doo! Look how drugged out our Muppets are. <laughs> Friday episode that posted about okay. two about two hours ago. Um, I I was sort of surprised for some reason that Andrew popped on. I don't know why. I was like, "Where's Luke?" It was I don't know for some reason sort of shocking to me. But it was uh, jarring. Yeah, I thought the same thing would have happened. Yeah. Um, and I guess that Luke had some sky jinx. Though I don't quite understand what happened. I guess that his 
you know, series of flights were just delayed and then he just decided to muck it and drive back to Bellingham. I don't know why they couldn't have waited a little bit and they could have, he could have just driven to Andrew's place, but whatever. I mean, I guess he just wanted to get home at some point. Um, the thing that made me laugh, laugh at the most was that who is the most rootable of the three? Like, who are you rooting for? And clearly David Burbank is the only one that you're rooting for out of the three of those. Of course. <laughs> I think at we times be. we actively root against Luke and Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, <laughs> exactly. And I was interested though, um, Luke was giving his explanations of, whatever just some myriad of things going wrong because he lives in a really small city that he has to connect to all the time so things Mm -hmm. are always going to go wrong but I I know that he couldn't do this but I was wishing Will could be like a regular um LRB you know little correspondent so he could tell us all the things that Luke got wrong about you know flying and you know the situation that was going on and who's at fault at all times because Luke is always looking for somebody who's at fault um, but I guess the SeaTac, there's a runway that's under construction, so it was screwing him over. Um, so mm-hmm. he just decided to drive instead of fly, which, okay, I guess that's fine. It's like a three-hour drive, though. I feel like that's kind of an intense way to go instead of just, like, waiting around. But he's so eager to get home. That, I, I mean, I guess I understand. I don't travel a lot for work. But, Bobby, do you understand that as somebody who travels all the time? I do get it. There are definitely times when I just want to be done. Um, But um, I don't know. I just sort of, you just go with the flow of it. Yeah. When things are out of your control, it's just not worth the fight. And, And unlike Luke, who would rather be moving than not, I mean, I get that instinct. When I'm driving, I'd much rather take back roads slower than sit on a highway. For sure. Yep, me too. But when it comes to flying versus driving, I'd rather sit and be productive or get drunk and then fly. Yeah. Yeah. Then have to be stuck in traffic, especially Seattle traffic. I would take the airport. I would have rather have had Luke sitting in a quiet gate area somewhere at an airport the whole time rather than in the car driving. Or peeing at the rent in Burger King. I mean that's the other that's the other option. Um I yeah, uh, I don't know. I when my only kind of experience with this recently was when I was flying to the LRB picnic and I uh, had to fly standby and I was, I almost got stuck in Portland and I just barely made it on the last flight to Seattle. And it really was a little bit jarring. Cause I'm like, well, what do I do now? You know, what are my, um, what's the scenario? What can, what are the different things I can do? And, and there wasn't a lot, you know, it was mostly spending the night or renting a car, but I would almost rather just kind of hang out and see what happens as opposed to like getting in the car. And I don't know. I always find that like when I second guess myself or backtrack or whatever, then I almost end up screwing myself over a little bit. But, mm-hmm. You know, yep. I don't travel that much for work, so I can't tell you that much. Um, then they weirdly, I felt like this was such a weird show because they had a point like we are going to reveal the song of the summer. So I kept thinking they're going to reveal it. And then they just kept talking about random stuff such as uh, Bachelor in Paradise, <laughs> kind of a long conversation about Bachelor in Paradise, which I don't watch, which is weird because you, if you knew me, you would think that I would, it would be something that I watched. I don't watch it, but I strangely listened to about two podcasts about it. So I'm up on <laughs> everything that's going on with it. So I like got the references, but I don't watch it. Um, 
I'm not going to go into it. I know that Jordan was recently screwed over by the girl that he was dating, seeing on this, but I, that's all I know. Um, and, but then, you know, D- Luke always has to make it into this weird masculine, like, he's not that good looking for a male model, which I'm like, okay, Luke, <laughs> sure. All right. Make yourself feel better. Um, but actually, Andrew was making that that comment where he was like, I like hearing y'all talk about it. But then when I try to watch it, I'm like, Ooh, no, I don't, this is not for me. Um, and then, and, um, no, I'm sorry. David said the same thing about real housewives. Like he would, he likes trash TV, but he can't go that deep into it. And real housewives is like my, uh, personal sort of thing that I know is terrible, but I enjoy watching it for some reason. Um, anyway, I just thought it was funny that Andrew was like, I don't even watch it, but I, like hearing y'all talk about it and I'm the same way I like hearing people talk about things that they are really passionate about but I don't watch I don't know um and then they played some Elvis Costello to go back into the show which I don't really like Elvis Costello that much I'm sorry I know that he has a lot of fans it's just not for me but um they kind of talked about how his songs are somewhat problematic sometimes and then they talked about more than words and I kind of liked what Andrew was saying was just like I like I am not somebody to reflexively say oh get over it but that's one of those times that I was like I don't really I like the song and that's how I feel I'm like I like this song even if it is about something that's a little bit rapey I kind of <laughs> like the song well, and Andrew, as usual, conflated the situation. There was one person who made one post mm-hmm. about how the lyrics of More Than Words are gross. And a couple of people were like, huh, I mean, maybe you have a point. And most of the people on the thread were like, well, I never thought like that. And Andrew's like, there was so much talk on the Stens page about how it was so terrible of us to use that song. And I'm like, I think you're overstating it a little bit. Also, it's fine that he's off of Facebook. Like, that's so fine. <laughs> it's fine. Somebody mentioned him the other day. They were like, also, Andrew. And I'm like, oh, thank God that he's not on here because this is a potential for him to search through. And he doesn't need his little, like, baby ears don't need to be, like, hearing his name being, you know, besmirched. Um, nope. uh, then they start talking about that Jim Carrey show, Kidding, which I haven't watched. I've seen a lot of articles that I haven't read because. Jim Carrey seems exhausting to me and he's really anti-vax, which annoys me. So I like, mm-hmm. I know that has nothing to do with his talent or whatever, but I just kind of, ugh. he's one of those people that is just too famous and has gotten so weird in their fame that I like can't exist with it. So I just sort of tune it. I don't know. But Gwyneth Paltrow says he's fine. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last thing I saw him on was comedians in cars getting coffee and he was just so aggressively strange. Yeah. That I, it turns me off. Uh, that's how I am. And I, um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've told the story before, but you know, my mom, one of her jobs that is very cool. She works with authors that come into Dallas. Like if they come to Dallas, she's sort of their escort for a lack of a better word. That sounds weird, but that she's sort of their go-to person in, um, in Dallas. Anyway, a long time ago, she worked with, at that time, Chastity Bono, who is now Chaz Bono. But, um, you know, that her mom is Cher. And my mom asked her, like, what is your mom like? You know, is she nice or whatever? And my, she said, my mom is really, really nice. She's the nicest person. She's been famous for so long that she doesn't know how to, like, 
go to the grocery store. Like that's just beyond her. So I think there gets to be a point when you're so famous that you're so insulated from everything else that you don't really know how to interact with the real world. And I feel like Jim Carrey has definitely like entered that scenario. Yep. Uh, And I think he was never particularly stable to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. As many comedians tend to be. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So then, <laughs> then they're going to do like donors of the day. And Luke was like, okay, I'll go to the bathroom during this time. Cause he's been in a parking lot at the Burger King. And then now he's standing in line at the Burger King bathroom. <laughs> um, to, and he's awkwardly podcasting. Um, it was just weird, but also I like to note that Luke's roulette numbers are 7, 14, 23, and 35. Just FYI. I might play them the next time I go just to see. Um, seven's a little bit basic. See but... how good they are yeah. as numbers? You're going to try them out, see how they feel? <laughs> I don't really like any of those numbers. I mean, I like seven because that's like a generic lucky number, but the rest of them are like, mm, they're fine. Um, also, I want to note that David, Luke was like, they were talking about the the cities that the um, the donors were from, and one of them was Davidson, North Carolina. And he was like, "Oh, Davidson was this underrated, blah blah blah." Nobody thought Stephon Curry was good, and I'm like, "That's not actually true." That's Luke talking like out of his ass. Like he sounds like he's know what he's talking about, but everybody knew Stephon Curry was gonna be like pretty good. He was really good at Davidson. Davidson is a good uh, college basketball school, so. Luke is dumb. It's just because it's not in his area. He doesn't know. Hillary, I don't know if you realize this, but Luke has a sports segment on a show that he hosts like once a week. <laughs> I, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're right. He is the expert. Uh, and then they mm-hmm. finally, finally, finally at the end reveal the song of the summer, which I will say I was like legit surprised by. I liked both of the songs. I thought they were both good songs. I was convinced it was going to be Crush. Maybe it is the you know circle I have surrounded myself with that I think, oh, it's totally going to be this. But it was mm-hmm. the best, Happy and Happy, which I like that song. I think it's a fun song. I was just really surprised because all I've heard is Crush, 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 Crush. I could be your crush, crush, well, crush. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I am not surprised at all that it came down to these two. No. When people all posted their brackets, I didn't look too closely at them, but I did see Kiki Lolo's bracket, and I think she had Drake going the whole way, and when I saw that, I just thought, oh, you don't know the tens yet. <laughs> There's no way. Like, they're going to take, they're gonna take the, the quirky white girl songs as far as they can. And I completely get it. I'm one of them. Like, I think they're both fun songs. I didn't think any of these songs were real Song of the Summer songs, but that's for another day. Um, I was surprised that Happy Unhappy won. I really just assumed it was in the bag for Tessa Violet. Me too. When he announced it, I was like, I think I audibly gasped. I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm just waiting for the show to be over so we can start our show. And I'm like, I'm surprised. But... um, but, you know, great. I'm glad they did it. I'm glad that David was in charge because it made – and Kiki Lolo. I mean, she was the, you know, underlying factor of it all. But I'm glad that they were in charge because, God bless Andrew and Luke, but they can't fucking do this. Like, they need help. And this made it not so meandering. It was just very – it was a Friday segment, and it it just – seemed like a nice sort of diversion and I liked I liked it I thought it was fun it brought some new music into my stream and and it wasn't painful I thought this time 
Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I had my Spotify, sort of, I have this running Spotify playlist from when I was hosting trivia of just every time I heard a song I like, I would just throw it in there so that I would remember that I have this bank of songs to go draw from. And I just randomly hit on a Beth song that I didn't realize was in there, which is uh, the song Future Me Hates Me. Oh. Which I think I like even more than Happy Unhappy. I think they're off the same album. So if you liked the Beths, you should go listen to that song as well. Future Me Hates Me. It has a very similar sound, but I think I like it more. Cool. I'll check it out. I mean, I like their vibe. It's very like 90s uh, girl group kind of deal. So I'm into it. Yeah. Um, And that's basically it for Friday. No music for your weekend. I think we've had enough music. I'll keep some house. Do we uh, need to do some racist I'm, I'm housekeeping? Gonna... No, no, <laughs> I'm going to just not. Uh, I met my housekeeper this morning, actually. Um, I did not have her make up the room, but I did get two more of my free Hilton gold bottles of water from her. And oh, um, God, Bobby, she, stop she a... bragging. <laughs> I'm SPG gold too. I'm just saying. Uh, I uh, I I went to get a bottle of water from her, and uh, she was a, a perfectly average to me seeming white woman. So, if it was her, I assume she would have knocked and said, uh, "Housekeeping, but probably a little higher." <laughs> you could buy things from us, uh, like T-shirts and mugs, at uh, LittleRedBandWagon.com. Uh, th- for some reason, one version of our template says 10710.com slash shop. Yes, that will also get you there. Uh, you can archive old episodes of TBTL for us. Uh, email Christy to do that or shoot us a note or a Facebook message or a comment somewhere or whatever. A hot air balloon, whatever you need to do to get to us. We'll put you in touch to do some archiving. Buy things from uh, Amazon.com, which used to be a bookstore. But now they sell all sorts of things littlewebbandwagon.com slash Amazon every time you do they give us a few pennies for letting you know that they exist Earbuds and Earworms is a show that we really like we're related to them and you should listen to them I do not remember what the theme is this week because I am a bad prepper for this show but I'm sure it's good because it always is because Amy and Mitchell are on top of it and if you would like to be on the show you can go to littleredbandwagon.com and you can fill out the form, tell us what you want to talk about, why you think we should have you. If you have a comment, something good, something bad about TBTL, about LRB, about the state of the universe, you can send it to us at throwyourphone.com. Come see our Facebook page. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us with any longer concerns or shorter concerns, whatever, at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. And you can send us a voicemail or text us at 802-432-TBTL, which is 802-432-8285. And uh, if you like 90s technology, you can fax Bobby at 617-354-8518. Three, and save him from getting timeshare advertisements. I guess you <laughs> yep. still get them, but you just get something else. Yeah, well, it's just you get a timeshare advertisement, and then like an hour later, you get an advertisement to help you get out of your timeshare. So it's the circle of <laughs> yes. life coming out of the fax machine. That's how it works. <laughs> and with that, Bobby, why don't you get us out of here? Sure. Certainly. <laughs> Until next time, this is the next party. 
we love you, Jen, and we also love you, North Carolina. Stay safe. Nailed it, but not by a hurricane. <laughs>
So I'm thinking I'm just, maybe I'm this... wondering. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. You ha- go ahead. Well, I'm wondering. Well, so if... much for not editing. Uh-huh. <laughs> 